I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to Your Business Boost podcast. My name's Michelle Broadbent and today's episode is especially for you if you are one of those people who will do anything to avoid doing proactive business building activity in your business. Now, we can call it business building activity. We can call it business development, lead generation, new business activity. But do you notice how we try to call it anything but sales? And I think this is because it conjures up images of shiny suit, heavy gold chain wearing salesmen. And as female service providers, we don't want to think of ourselves as being like that. So I'm about to introduce you to a woman who has redefined what it means to do sales. Abby White's superpower is marrying sales and marketing activity in businesses in order to deliver out of this world return on investment for her clients. Now, I can say out of this world because her track record is delivering more than $500 million in sales. That's right, $500 million. So if you're impressed by numbers, then this is a mighty impressive number by anyone's standards. But the thing that I love so much about Abby is that she's a sharer. So she's got all the proven strategies. They're tried, they're tested by businesses, large and small, and she wants you to know what she knows. And that is the thing that I adore about her is her willingness to share the tactics that work so that you can boost your business. And today she is giving that in spades. Now, today's episode is really timely because we are going to go deep on strategies that you can utilize in your businesses right now, even if you are COVID impacted, actually, especially if you're COVID impacted. Um, these are usable strategies that are working for businesses just like yours right now. I promise after you listen to our chat today, you're going to feel amped up and ready to tackle this head on in your business. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Abby White. Abby White, thank you so much for joining me today on Your Business Boost. It's great to see you over Zoom. I wish we were doing this in person, I have to say. Um, it's Yeah, I miss not seeing you around the office. I know, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this is our secret little way to um, catch up in lockdown, but I'm definitely missing seeing your face in the office. Yeah. So I'm going to dive straight in because the reason I wanted to talk to you um, is one of the biggest pain points for the women that I support is their aversion to sales. They have these, you know, visions of 
snake oil salesman and think that it's a bit of a dirty word and I know that you know it's not and you've helped so many women, myself included, reframe sales. So I would love it if you could share some of your wisdom around how to navigate sales for those who are allergic to sales. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, definitely familiar with um, curing the allergy of um, sales aversion. Um, it's actually a lot around why I started the business. You know, the business is called Sales Redefined, and I wanted to redefine that perception. Um, you know, when I used to say to people at, you know, events or things and people ask, what do you do for a living? And you say, I'm in sales. It is like, you know, it's it's never been like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me. <laughs> Um, and I think that for me, you know, that has come from the outdated perception of used car salesmen, sleazy, ripping people off. You know, I often tell the story about being on holiday, someone asking what I do, and they then said, oh, so you rip people off for a living. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I someone would actually say that. I know. And and that's the challenge is, you know, that is the perception. And for me, if we even just underlying, we don't even really realize it, it's subconscious. If we subconsciously think that and don't want to associate ourselves with sales, then how likely are we to go and do proactive sales activities and drive our business forward? And ultimately, mm. you know, sales for me, it's like petrol in a car. You can't choose whether you put petrol in the car or not. Sales is the lifeline of our business. So you constantly have to be injecting new sales and proactive sales activities into the mix in order to, to move forward. So if you do find yourself with an aversion to sales, a um, couple things to sort of reframe that for you. The first one is get your favorite client testimonial print it out or make a little sign. I don't care. Write it and stick it smack bang on your desk where you can see it. So if you have, um, actually I'll, I'll embarrass her and use Michelle. Oh. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to embarrass you because I can. Okay. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle helped me um, at a point in my business where I just had a little one. I was struggling and Michelle just came into our business and just was like a magic wand and just made shit happen and has a lot of superpowers in that. So if I had a testimonial along those lines, it would then be looking at it going, how do I get that outcome for more people, because I'm going to assume anyone who's associated with Michelle and listening to this podcast is not selling dodgy used cars. You have a great no. and fantastic product or service that you're proud of. So I think it's reframing it, looking at that testimonial and going, I want to get that outcome for as many people as I humanly can. And if you're not, if you're still not going and doing proactive things, you're actually denying people the opportunity to get that outcome. And I used this once, I'll, I'll really quickly tell the story. I used this once with a lady who was in nutrition and she just said, I haven't sold any of my memberships. I just, you know, I'm a nutritionist. I'm a professional. I don't want to be salesy. I just can't, I can't do it. I'm in a position of trust. So when she told me again, same thing, said, what's the outcome you achieve for people? She told me about amazing people changing their lives, epic outcomes. So I said, okay, cool. So if you don't have the conversation with people around, here's an option. Give people the opportunity, the option. They don't mm. have to say yes. If you don't give people that option and think about those amazing outcomes and give people the opportunity to achieve the same, 
you've just denied them the opportunity to get that result because you haven't even given them the option to take it. You've just assumed they don't want it. So those two things, client testimonial on your desk to refer to, to go, I want to achieve this for more people. And don't deny someone that opportunity, just give them the option. I think are really, really, really powerful ways to cure that sales allergy and think about the amazing value that you're providing. That is such an amazing reframe. And I love that. I've actually never thought, I I know like something that I talk to my clients a lot about is having like an evidence file, or I call it like my TADA file in my, it's just a file that I have in my emails and it is it's those testimonials that evidence that we can do what we do um, but I love just having it there right in your line of sight um, that great testimonial that yeah it's the proof it's the proof we can do it and let's do it for more people it's that's such a great reframe I love it so as this goes to air Abby many of us uh you and I included are impacted by the ongoing lockdowns and I think you and I were talking earlier before we started recording just about the fact that we can't really bury our heads in the sand about this anymore like we need to keep going so like how can we take that business as usual approach during a time like this what can small business owners be doing to keep sales firing when we've been impacted by lockdowns as we have been yeah so look the first thing is um i I just want to say i truly understand this i don't want to answer this question be like yeah let's do this this and this yeah because i actually just you know personal reference april 2020 when the first Mm. lockdown hit as you know, we mm-hmm. lost pretty much most of our clients overnight. Um, the business almost came to a standstill. We then hate using this word. I'm so sorry, but we pivoted the business mm. and we then doubled down and then were managed to reignite it. And last year, FY21, we went from two people to six people. Um, we had about 300% growth and we had a record year. And so I, I just want to sort of, I say that story not to boast, but I say that story to say, I truly understand what it's like to have something that you have put your heart and soul and everything into and that crushing feeling of when Mm. you pretty much lose everything. So if that's where you're at right now, I understand it. And I'm, I'm happy to give you a couple pointers around things that you can do to pull it around and to move that needle. But you know, if you are there, it is possible. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It, it, It can come good. And I will just interrupt you very briefly, Abby, just to, um, reiterate to the listeners that, um, I, you know, that is, it is an absolute 1000% true story because I was, you know, I, talking to you through that and, um, you know, on the other end of the phone as you were going through that. And I really, it, it was a really, really terrible time for you as it was for so many people then. And yours is one of the great pivot stories. And I think that you should be really, really proud to talk about that and I'm hoping that by Abby sharing that with everyone is that it gives you hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel because Abby was absolutely on her knees it was like what are we going to do and and she took action and um 
yeah, I, I just want to say that, that yeah, because sometimes people hear this and they go, oh, they're just saying that or whatever or or that the host is is listening to, to the answers to these situations for the first time. But I know absolutely 1,000% true story, not made up, and I'm just so, so proud of you for what you did um, to turn everything around and, and make it a good news story instead of a bad news story, of which there is oh. so much at the moment. Yeah, thank you. And I think that to give you, to answer your original question and and sort of go back with a few things that small business owners can be doing, Mm. um, I think the first thing is a mindset shift. I think sometimes we buy into, oh, that's been delayed. Oh, we can't do that meeting because we can't do it face-to-face. Oh, we can't do that event because we can't do it face-to-face. And it's kind of a mindset shift sometimes not to buy into the, it's all doom and gloom. Um, You know, there's a quote by Tony Robbins that I'm going to butcher that talks about the fact that actually some of the best businesses that have ever been built um, came out of times of extreme financial difficulty and the GFC, and that actually if we have the courage to ignore the profits of doom, some of the be- that's where some of the best opportunities exist. Mm-hmm. And even a couple of weeks ago when we went back into lockdown, I was reading that quote, telling myself that, you know, you half feel like you're kidding yourself going, yeah. this is going to be the best thing that's happen to us we're going to use that to our advantage and that's what we're going to do so I think the first thing is a bit of a mindset shift you know we had same as everyone else people cancelling meetings delaying things and we've actually just had to keep going and go look I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon sorry Mm -hmm. to say it can we take that meeting virtual can we take Mm -hmm. that event virtual um you know can we do a walk and talk you know the other day I did a bloody running meeting with someone you don't have to do that but you know (laughs) you and I are not going to be having any of those meetings I'm telling you that right now so I think the first one is um a mindset one of don't buy into the doom and gloom and go, how can we make this the best thing ever? And and you have to look at the gyms that came out of it firing because they took it virtual Mm. and, you know, they were able to actually adapt to it. So one I think is is sales is a mindset game. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one I think for me is around double down like I appreciate you know you know I was talking about before we came on you're homeschooling two kids and most people Mm. I'm speaking to are so use that time really 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 wisely that you do have even if it's just 15 minutes a day to go how can I in this 15 minutes what would have the greatest potential what are the two or three things that I can do in this time that would move the needle and just fiercely with your life protect that time to do proactive sales because the worst thing right now is when we're in reactive mode going crap you know this is falling apart this is falling apart this is falling apart and it feels like crap Mm. and the only there's no way out of it there's no way around it the only way is to get through that and if you can every single day carve out you know 15 minutes two three proactive things a day by the end of the week you've done 10 15 proactive things by the end of the month you know you've done 40 60 whatever proactive things you cannot tell me you will not move the needles on your sales Mm -hmm. and that just then also it drives momentum and if I had to summarize sales in one word it would be momentum and then you suddenly you're more upbeat you get firing then you're in a better frame of mind on that next call it all just actually moves the needle and gets things going so I think yeah mindset and then double down with really focused execution on what are the two to three things that could move the needle most in this 15 minutes that I have between homeschooling and everything else yeah yeah and 15 minutes it's it's 
it's not that much in the course of one day. But like you said, when you add that up over the course of the week and the month, it is going to shift the needle. Absolutely. So what are some of the best lead generation strategies for us in lockdown? Like what can we actually be doing in that time? Yeah. So a couple of things for you. Number one is how can you add value? You know, mm. no one wants, oh, my services are $100 and they're this and we do that and me, me, me. No one wants it. So how can you add value? And the way to answer that question is what is burning on fire for your target market right now? So if I use us as an example, mm-hmm. um, Prior to lockdown, you know, we were talking about a million and one things. As soon as we went into lockdown, we've changed now the sessions that we're doing for businesses and for sales teams to be how do you keep your sales firing during lockdown? Because that is the number one on fire burning thing. I don't know anybody in my network who is getting to their nice to have list. The only thing that I know (laughs) is people surviving on their burning list. So you Mm -hmm. need to change your topic um, to go, right, okay, well, how do I help right now with what is on fire? So ours now became how to keep sales firing during lockdown and then look at how we add people on that. Mm-hmm. The other two lead gen strategies that I'm really, really passionate about is my favorite two because they're very effective, they have high conversion and they're free. Okay. Um, number one is speaking. I think that a lot of communities right now now are looking for someone to come and speak to their audience and do a webinar or provide some value or an input in a blog or whatever it might be. Um, I I personally think speaking has always been one of our highest converting forms of lead generation. Mm -hmm. It gives us massive exposure. It gives us massive brand awareness. Um, We get leads and opportunities from it. And so going right now to, you know, us last week, we went out to um, we work, we went out to Watso, we went out to business chicks, we went out to a million different places and said, right, this is what we're seeing people struggling with. Mm. We would like to talk to them about this. We believe we can help your members. Here's you know, what we can provide to your members. Would that be of benefit? Mm. And most membership organizations that I know, if you've stuck to the hot on fire topics, yeah. are going to go, Absolutely, yes. So it's about where are your audience hanging out? Because for me, that's where they hang out. For you, Mm. that might be the completely wrong list. Mm. So looking at where your list is. And then I guess number two that fits with that, think about what strategic partners who are complementary to what you offer, they're non-competitive, Um, and the sum of the two parts is greater for your audience, what strategic partners could you jointly do something with? So this week we're doing two webinars with two different strategic partners. Uh We're getting in front of their database. They're getting in front of our database. We're speaking, we're providing value, we're educating, and the topic is they're burning on fire list. So if you wrap that all together, there's a really common theme as to what's working. Yeah. That's fantastic. And you know, what I love is that it doesn't involve spending money that people may be trying to, you know, keep in their own pockets for the moment. So, and they are, that's just, it's a matter of, yeah, reaching out and connecting and and asking. (laughs) It's it's the the asking thing, I think, that that people um, do struggle with um, a little bit is just putting themselves out there. But 
the proof is in the pudding. Like it does get results, but you have to put yourself in the driver's seat and actually do the ask. So um can I um can I jump yeah, on that? Sorry, yeah. just for a sec. Yeah. I I think that all of us feel like that. So I do mm, too. Yeah. Um I think for me, what has worked well is the positioning. So mm-hmm. when I say, can I come speak to your audience? I don't go, you know, I'm Abby. I'm wonderful. Yeah. I've worked in sales for 15 years and I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. I talk about, you know, I understand for your members right now, you know, from what we're seeing, this is some of their biggest challenges. You know, we actually help with that challenge. And this is what we're seeing is really resonating with people right now. Do you think this would be of value? And do you think it would be of benefit to your audience? Because mm-hmm. if you say that, the if you said, right, you know, right now, um, would it be a benefit for your audience to help them with keeping their sales firing during lockdown? I don't know many people that are going to say, say no. That. So it's it's a mm. reframe rather than me, 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 but yeah. a reframe of how your topic helps their members. And then the final bit, which has less science to it, is just big girl pants. You know, I... I went and did some speaking ages ago for Westpac and I reached out to Westpac again, strategic partner in terms of they share the same audience. It's not competitive, it's complimentary and reached out with that exact approach to Westpac about how I could help their customers. Now, absolutely. I had massive amounts of imposter Mm. syndrome, but I used that approach and they said, yes. So sometimes it's also just putting on the big girl pants to to actually ask. Yep. And coming back to, to, what you said before, like giving them the option to take the opportunity. And if they say no, they say no. But if that but if you don't ask, then the answer is always going to be no, isn't it? So absolutely. We have to put out, we do all have to put our big girl pants on from time <laughs> to time. Um, so I, you know, I'm in the pain prevention business. So I, I would love to know some of the biggest mistakes you see when it comes to sales so that our listeners can potentially avoid them? Good question. Um, I think there's two biggies that I see. One is we spend all of our time in reactive mode. So responding to those emails, responding to those calls. Oh, I must do this. Mm. And because doing sales or proactive sales kind of comes last on the priority list under going to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> um, it never happens. And so and and most people's sales, if you were to ask them, hey, how do you get business? Most people will tell you it's word of mouth or it's referrals, which for me is kind of like your destiny is not in your own hands. You're subject to whether people happen to refer, whether people happen to spread the good word that day. Mm. So I think the biggest thing is stop um, avoiding sales, uh, you know, eat the frog and all that good chestnut. Mm. Mm. And it is putting in your diary building on what we said before, you know, 15 minutes a day um, to start breaking that pattern and breaking the pattern from reactive to proactive. And I say that because, you know, if you look at, I'm a massive fan of James Clear um, who wrote mm-hmm. Atomic Habits and he talks about, you know, if we all go, yeah, I'm going to do two hours proactive sales a day, it's not going to happen. It's like mm. me saying I'm going to the gym. It's not going to happen. If you, <laughs> whereas if you break it down and go, right, you know, this morning I did an 11 minute yoga with Adrian yep. and it's like, that's achievable. That's bite size. And so it's the same with sales of 
of, and then you'll feel good about it because you did it. And then you'll be inspired mm. to do it for even longer. So mm-hmm. start with something achievable, time block it in your diary. Um, and it's a non-negotiable, you cannot move it. And I think the, the final thing I'd say on that particular part is have a cheat sheet on your desk, because what will happen is you will get to your desk and you'll go, hmm, what am I going to do? Mm. So <laughs> have you know um actually i'll ask michelle to put it in the show notes i can put a link to it but have you know touch base with a dormant account who hasn't done business with us in x amount of time reach out to a prospect and reconnect um you know add value with a content piece or whatever it might be but you have your cheat sheet so that then you're set up for success when you get to your desk and you've got a whole list of things that you could do and you're not trying just to get inspiration from scratch so that's yeah the first one. Mm. The second one I would say is most people with sales try to get married on the first date. And you've heard me talk about this analogy a lot. <laughs> yes, I love this. Um, so it's kind of like, hi, I'm Abby, buy my product or service, we're great. And, mm. I, and I'm obviously being a little bit British and dry sarcasm there, but it's kind of what we do. You know, we'll promote on our social channels or wherever it might be like, ah, this is our great offering, or this is our great course or workshop. And you're kind of like, there's no dating. You're just jumping in for the kill. Yeah. And it's not actually how most people buy. Um, I'm sure they won't mind me sharing, but when I did some speaking once for business chicks, I went round the room and I said, how long did it take you between coming across business chicks and becoming a member? How long did it take you? And some people were like, oh yeah, straight away. And they would, you know, you jump into bed, people, we love them. And then some people were, um, you know, two years. Oh yeah, yeah, it took me two years of following them. And so I think that with whatever we're producing, you know, like Michelle, I came across you first um, through Lorraine. I knew yeah. you for months mm. before I did business with you. Yeah. And so I think when we're then speaking to prospects or potential clients, um, what are opportunities to date you before we get married? Is it that I can have a bit of a a demo or a free trial or a workshop or a one month trial or, you know, what is it that gives me a flavor of your product or service? And, and those are the stepping stones that then will give people confidence and faith to then go forward and get married. So, Mm. so jumping straight into bed, unfortunately in the sales context, (laughs) typically doesn't work because statistically only 3% of your target market are ready to buy now. So nurture, nurture, nurture. Yeah. Woo them, woo them, (laughs) (laughs) dazzle them, take them out to nice restaurants, (laughs) buy them diamonds. But it's true. I I mean, that's, it is one of, it's one of um, my favorite uh, things that you talk about is that, you know, don't, don't try and uh, get married before you've even gone on the first date. Another one of my faves of yours too, which I talk about a lot, is follow-up Friday. Uh, Whenever I speak about this, I always get uh, messages from people about how they've implemented it into their lives. And um, I think, you know, coming back to that, making time for things and and having uh, like that cheat sheet, those things that we should do when we do make that time and not necessarily rely on feeling like it because like you said often it's very rare that we feel like doing proactive sales activity we feel like doing a whole lot of other things over and above that so I guess you know talking about current circumstances 
given that we might not be feeling like it at all right now. Um, have you got any other tactics that we could use just to, you know, when we've got, when we're lacking that motivation and that feeling like it, when we've just lost our mojo really, I suppose, how can we fire up um, in a, in a pain-free way? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. So, so firstly, explaining the follow-up Friday, and I love that you're also jumping on the bandwagon sharing this. Yeah. Um, that that comes from the fact that a lot of the time it can it can sometimes be not lack of opportunity, not lack of leads. It can be that we don't then nurture follow-up and then obviously then go on to convert and work with people. And statistically, you know, the stats behind it. Um, of sales takes five, five follow-ups or more, but 44% of people only follow up once. So if you are the person who follows twice, three times, four Uh times, then you're the, you're the exception to the rule. And, and what I know, and I can, I can hear your audience in my head saying, yeah, but I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be a stalker. I'm not condoning being a stalker. I'm not condoning stalking. Mm-hmm. You follow up by adding value. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Today, we have just launched um, a new webinar that we're going to be running. So all day for people who are prospects, I've been sending them messages going, hey, how you doing? Hope you guys are doing well. And, you know, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we're running this webinar next week. I thought it might be interesting for you. Thought I'd share it with you. Or, hey, I saw this thing, Majiggy, this article, and I thought it might be really interesting for where you guys are at right now. Um or whatever it might be. And I try and find ways to add value. So I'm not phoning up going, hey, have you made a decision yet? Yeah. I, I'm providing value along the way of it's almost that really powerful piece of I saw this and thought of you. Mm-hmm. So having follow-up Friday, we've worked with businesses that have done it and had their highest order day on record, which is just it blows my mind. And it's mm-hmm. because of the fact, again, we often aren't in the habit. And I'll be honest, I've been doing sales for 15 years and I still religiously have my follow-up Friday list and go, oh, crap, yep, need to speak to so-and-so. <laughs> so I'm not innocent here and I'm not Yes, it's great. Um, you use it to just constantly nurture people. And when I look down the list, I go, okay, actually, I don't need to speak to Bob because he said he was waiting until he was coming back from holiday. So I'll wait because he's not back yet or, you know, whatever it might be. I look at what the appropriate touch point is Mm -hmm. based on the last conversation that we had. Yeah, got it. So that's follow-up Friday. In terms of your other point of when we're not feeling like it. Yeah, I get that. And I have days like that. Um, I I have a lot of days like that at the moment. Um, And sometimes for me, it can actually even just be as cheesy as this sounds. You know, I had one the other day where I was just not in the mood and I literally just took myself for a 10 minutes walk around the block in the sunshine. I came back to it. But then what I also did was I set myself a a timer and a reward. I'm a massive fan of the Pomodoro method. Pomodoro, yep. Yeah. And then going, right, I've got X amount of time to do this because none of us do anything unless it's urgent. Mm. Um, and we act when there's urgency and there's there's a, a deadline. So I give myself a deadline of, right, I've got now until, you know, 30 minutes. Um, or if you're doing the Pomodoro, it's 25. Mm. And then I'll say to myself, you know, right, okay, once I've done that, I'm actually going to take a lunch break and I'm going to go for a really nice walk or I'm going to go get a coffee and, you know, whatever it might be. So even though it's small, Mm. we actually as humans respond really, really well to knowing A, there's a deadline, but B, there's a reward there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing with this proactive sales activity in our businesses is there is no one breathing down our neck making us do it. There's no you know, deadline that has been given to us by someone else. We almost have to, well, we have to enforce the deadline ourselves. We have to be, we have to be the, the client, you know, that's going, hey, where's my, where's my sales activity? But um, and the reward thing is is a fantastic way to make ourselves do that sort of stuff. My thing is of a morning I do I cannot have my coffee until I have done my first most important task so I am super super motivated to get that most important task done first thing in the morning before I I head down the road and pick up my coffee it's just yeah the only way that I can ensure that it gets done so you know we just need to apply those principles to to our sales activity as well. That's a really good one. And it is, it's, it's giving yourself the little pat on the back. But then yeah. what you've also done from what you've just described, you've also built the habit and the routine. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So they're all they're all connected. That's right. Um, Abby, you have provided us with so much goodness today. And thank you. You've been incredibly generous. I always ask my guests to leave our listeners with something that you've read or watched or heard that will give their business or life a bit of a boost. So what would you like to share with us today, obviously, other than all of the fantastic wisdom that you have already shared with us? That is probably the most dangerous question to ever ask me because I am the person who's like, I've bought this book, I've bought that book, I've watched this, and I'm like... (laughs) Pick one. (laughs) I'm a learning junkie. I'll go with what I'm doing right now because it's actually helping me in lockdown. So Mm -hmm. I read The Miracle Morning. Yep. And then... By Hal Elrod. By Hal Elrod. Yep, yep. Indeed. I didn't do a very good job of executing it. Mm-hmm. So I revisited it. He has on his website a link to a documentary he put together on the Miracle Morning. It's 90 minutes and it costs like $5 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I rewatched the documentary just to sort of ignite my sort of process around that because when you look at some of the world's most successful people by whatever definition musician athlete entrepreneur whatever it might be they all tend to have really strong morning routines and Mm -hmm. I'm very much a night owl I'm on fire at nine o'clock ten o'clock eleven o'clock at night so I've always Mm -hmm. found mornings challenging and particularly since I had my son mornings are like lord of the flies it's like survival (laughs) mode like trying to get him to daycare without like preferably vomit or poo on me is just like survival so I've I've cut sorry to lower the no that's (laughs) 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 keeping it real Abby keeping it real (laughs) Um, you've you've seen me with my son I know honey I know I look I know your son (laughs) (laughs) it is survival and so but then you get to your desk and you're already in a bad mood. So how mm-hmm. likely are you to do that proactive sales? How yeah. likely are you to turn up to that meeting in a good mindset and mm-hmm. in the right frame of mind? So I have reignited my sort of um, love for, for Hal's technique by watching the 90-minute documentary. And then I'm now trying to play with my morning routine um, so that I can really set myself up for success in the day. And I'm feeling like because I'm in lockdown, it's kind of even more p- important mm, than yeah. ever. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, and I, you know, doing, I mean, I, I have read that book a long time ago and have, I guess, yeah, a morning routine of my own of sorts, but it is very different. Um, I've adjusted it um, in a good way because I have, I actually have more time in the mornings now because I am not rushing my kids off to school. So, and I know that that will come to an end soon, hopefully. So it's, yeah, it's about making the most of making the most of the time that we've got. And um, yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Abby, you have been amazing with all that you have shared. Could you please tell our listeners how they can connect with you and continue the conversation after today's episode? Of course. Um, I would love to connect with your audience because anyone you have ever introduced me to is an absolute weapon. You have the best (laughs) connections and you surround yourself with the best people on the planet. So definitely hit me up. Our present company Um, included. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, It's like when Michelle says to you, she's getting a group of women together. You're like, yes. Um, So two places that I hang out is either Instagram. So it's Abby double underscore white, which I'm sure Michelle will put in the show notes Um, at the moment, depending on the time this is airs, but I'm doing daily videos on how we are keeping ourselves firing for ourselves and our clients during lockdown. Um, So if you want a bit of a two, three minute daily inspiration boost check us out there or our LinkedIn. We do a lot of content on sales redefined on LinkedIn. So those are sort of the two places to hang out. And then I'll get Michelle to put the cheat sheet in the show notes that I referred to earlier. Brilliant. That's so good, Abby. Um, I will, that I, I can vouch for the fact that, um, Abby's content that those little videos each day are just again it's just those little short sharp actionable in real life like Abby is sharing what she is actually doing it's not just you should do this you should do that these are these are strategies that she is using right now in her own business that are applicable to to many of us right now. So I I love that you're sharing that. And I will put all of the links in the show notes. So Abby, thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's been a blast. I said, I just wish we were doing it in person, but we will do it again soon in person. And we will be having real events again soon and all of those fabulous things. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.